0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Rumors that Facebook or Cisco would buy Skype were proven wrong on Tuesday when Microsoft struck an $8.5 billion deal, its largest ever, to acquire the online voice and video chat service. Most analysts have welcomed the takeover as a shrewd move on the grounds that it positions Microsoft in a commanding position in the emerging markets of video content and online telephony. Still, considering that Skype's previous acquisition by eBay ended in a $1.4 billion write-down, questions remain about the deal. Will there be a good cultural fit between Microsoft and Skype? Did Microsoft overpay for a company that continues to lose money? Knowledge at Wharton discussed these questions and more with Wharton's Eric Clemens, Professor of Operations and Information Management, and Kevin Werbach, Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics.
1: Uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Now, as we know, Microsoft has just agreed to buy Skype for $8.5 billion, and this is going to be its biggest acquisition ever. What is the strategy underlying this acquisition? And do you expect this takeover to add value or to destroy it? Interesting.
2: Uh, acquiring high-tech companies, uh, especially when there's a great difference in culture or a great difference in technology, can be a very risky play. Uh, I think this one makes profound sense for Microsoft. If you take a look, they are the, of the three major players in cell phones. They're the third of three. They were the first in, and some people would say they're the third of two after uh, Apple and Google. Uh, If they're going to succeed at all, they need to have something really that offers some unique value. And I think this may do this. I mean, if they can effortlessly merge Skype with the phone, then they have the best video conferencing phone um, in the business. If they can effortlessly merge their tech services uh, with their own instant messaging service, then they have the best instant messaging system in the business. Um, it's, it's, it's very different from the Facebook model, which is central. Uh, Skype is really peer to peer, and peer to peer scales, and in fact, it scales infinitely. So any pair of cell phones, any three cell phones, any five cell phones can instantly be a Microsoft teleconferencing booth. I think it, it's the kind of thing that may make the Microsoft phone make sense. So it's, it's, a, it's a play that's intended to make their platform um, more distinguished, more powerful, more competitive. Does the price tag bother you? Did Microsoft overpay? You know, those are always difficult questions to assess. In some sense, they paid far more than the company is worth. In another sense, they may have paid uh, no more than the company is worth to them. You know, So somebody who doesn't have a mobile platform to link it to doesn't get the value they do. Somebody who already has a dominant mobile platform doesn't get the value they do. If this makes their mobile platform more powerful, more attractive to consumers, more attractive uh, to corporations, then they're really in a position to um, take the last market away from BlackBerry, and they're really in a position to compete more effectively uh, against Android, in which case, uh, in hindsight, $8.5 billion looks like a very intelligent acquisition. So then the question isn't whether the company was worth that to anyone else. It probably wasn't. The question is whether in two years or five years we'll think it was worth that to Microsoft. And at least we know why they thought it might be.
1: And that, that's a very interesting argument because if we were to think back six years when eBay paid $2.5 billion for Skype, hoping to integrate it with their service and add value they were not able to really do it. In fact, they took a $1.4 billion write-off before sc- selling Skype to a group of investors. Uh, what, how do you think Microsoft will fare in the same regard? Interesting question, and what
2: I'm going to repeat back is unsupported, or at least unknown to me. I haven't verified This sort of industry uh, understanding uh, with nothing to back this up. Uh, on my part, is that when uh, eBay acquired Skype, they acquired Skype as is, but they didn't really acquire either the intellectual property or the development team. Now, Skype is is a peer-to-peer instant messaging system. Uh, Peer-to-peer allows a buyer and a seller to completely bypass uh, eBay. If eBay wanted Skype as a commercial infrastructure system, it would have to be modified. If they acquired it without the appropriate intellectual property, without the appropriate intellectual property development team, then it was of no use to them whatsoever. So that's the, again, I can't back this up. I'm sure there are people who can, or at least if it's true, I'm sure there are people who can back this up. Uh, similarly, my experience with with Microsoft suggests that there are, much more experienced in technology acquisition. They've done this before. And my guess is that if, if they want this in order to extend it and integrate it, I'm sure they've acquired the appropriate people and the appropriate intellectual property. It's not to say that they won't have uh, problems. Uh, Microsoft is a very centralized infrastructure, and this is a peer-to-peer communication system so there may be technology changes that have to be made but i think in in terms of preparation for the for the acquisition i think they probably did did a thorough job
1: i think a part of the concern is that even with 100 million customers a month using skype uh, the company still loses money i think they lost 7 million dollars last year uh, any thoughts on how microsoft could tweak the business model to change that
2: you know, it's again, there are different ways of making money. I mean, somebody might argue uh, that Google has hundreds of millions of users and not one of us pays anything uh, to use Google. There must be something profoundly wrong with their business model. And yet, if you look at their income statement or their balance statement, somehow they're making it work. So my, my thought was there were two possibilities. One is that Microsoft would expect to so thoroughly grow uh, Skype's core business that it became profitable. And the other possibility is that this is simply an input into Microsoft's other businesses. It's a way of Microsoft trying to generate um, some form of social network, possibly some commerce-based social network, something that's just different from Facebook or alternatively it's something to leverage the value of the phone itself. It's something to make a profitable business much, much bigger and therefore much, much more profitable. I wasn't consulted, I wasn't working with Microsoft. I don't, I don't know what the strategy is, but there are three. One is grow a profitable business, a platform based strategy, uh, add this to the platform. The other is make this bigger, which is a different strategy. And the third is hope to get lucky. And my guess is it was probably
1: some combination of the first two. Now, uh, in the other writings, you've been uh, an opponent of vertical integration in search. Uh, why do you think this deal is safe? Interesting question. Uh, if you've
2: read some of my blog posts, Google's vertical integration into distribution actually scares me a lot. Uh, so this one seems aimed perhaps at keeping Microsoft alive. In, in, in other words, uh, if, you, if you are truly a dominant platform in search and you begin to subsume channel distribution, sales, things that uh, you can lock people out of uh, due to your power in search, that scares me. Right now, Microsoft's um, mobile platform is among the weakest in terms of market share. Microsoft's perception for high-tech innovation is quite limited. Microsoft's perception as a player in social networking is quite limited. This isn't building on market domination to achieve second and third and fourth order market domination. This may be a very clever attempt at keeping Microsoft alive as a counterbalance to Google, whereas if Google did it, this could be a way of squeezing
1: out other players and eventually slaughtering them. You've referred a couple of times to Google and Facebook. How do you think this changes the competitive landscape for search and social network? So I'm not sure it changes
2: social networking at all. Uh, if, if it did, uh, it would change it in, in, the, in the following way. Mostly right now social networking is about uh, broadcasting. You know, It's not always Twitter, but uh, if somebody wishes me a happy birthday, all of my friends can see what everybody else had to say. It's, it's a broadcast kind of thing, and I guess it's fun. Uh, Skype is much more focused. I have something I need to do. I've got two guys in Singapore I need to do it with. I've got a guy in Beijing and a guy in Shanghai. Two, three, four of us get together synchronously at the same time. We video conference. I show him a picture. he shows me his notes. And that's a very different kind of, of social networking. That's not what Facebook is used for now. It's much more collaborative, focused uh, work. And I think that may be a marvelous application of, of Skype if uh, Microsoft wanted to introduce a, uh, a tablet, something to compete with the iPad, and they combined uh, Skype with something that's really quite difficult to do nicely on the iPad, which is um, PowerPoint. So if I can be Skyping and PowerPointing with two or three workers, that's a – coworkers, that's a different kind of social network. So I can see things that shouldn't scare Facebook but should make a Microsoft investor quite happy. So that's one uh, possible use for this. Um, Google probably has nothing to fear from this. Uh, If Microsoft did a wonderful job with this, if they introduced their own MPAD and they integrated it with uh, Microsoft software, it's possible that this is the start now of social search. In other words, not who bought top billing, Uh, But what did my friends like and dislike? What did my friends give a high five to? What did my friends throw a rotten tomato at? And if it doesn't do that on sort of an individual basis but an aggregate basis, this might be a way to integrate Bing with, with my friends because I now have my contact list for Skype. But right now most of us have pretty short contact lists. So right now social search isn't going to
1: come immediately out of Skype. What will this deal mean for consumers? Are the days of free Skype calls coming to an end? You know, I don't, I don't see why that
2: should be true. Um, I mean, if, we, if we think about the way uh, Google operates, any time you can make something free to a consumer, if it makes something else more valuable, it's worth doing. I mean, it's possible that the monetization would involve a per-minute surcharge. But it's also possible that if this enables Microsoft to sell tens of millions of more mobile phones, and that's tens of millions of more mobile operating systems, and tens of millions, if they go to an pad, tens of millions of more copies of PowerPoint, uh, they don't have to charge consumers for this at all. It can be, as I said, the essential part, the essential start of a new platform strategy.
1: Great. Eric, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Likewise. Again, thank you for inviting me. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. So Microsoft has just agreed to buy Skype for $8.5 billion, its biggest acquisition ever. What do you think is the strategy underlying this acquisition, and do you expect it to add
3: value or to destroy it? For Microsoft at this stage, there aren't many acquisitions that would really be big enough to create the kind of opportunity that the company needs. It's it's a huge, successful company, uh, but in order to build new lines of business outside of, of Windows and Office, it needs to to find really, really huge opportunities. And the transformation of communications is that kind of massive opportunity. So Microsoft, uh, as, as most people know, has large businesses in software. It's also got uh, a significant uh, franchise now with the Xbox. Uh, but they're looking at new ways to monetize and new ways to grow that. And clearly, voice communication and video communication uh, over the internet uh, and internet technologies are exploding in popularity globally. Uh, and so the opportunity to, to uh, marry that kind of communications function with the, the software and the content functions that Microsoft already has, that I think creates the the potential for a big opportunity. Whether or not it will be successful uh, depends on how well they they execute on it. I actually thought when eBay was acquired, uh, excuse me, when Skype was acquired by eBay a few years ago, that that had the potential to be a successful synergistic deal, and it wasn't. Uh, Not because the strategy was fundamentally flawed, but because eBay never really successfully executed on it. So the challenge for for Microsoft will be to to figure out if they can really bring in the, the user base and the technology that Skype has and use it to be additive with their existing offerings.
1: So what did eBay not do right and what lessons can Microsoft learn from eBay's failure?
3: Well, one thing eBay did right was they took Skype from what was still at that point a fairly disorganized startup and made it a well-run business that that has scaled in revenue uh, and moving closer to sustained profitability, uh, which is, which is not something necessarily easy to do, especially with with companies where they're turning over from the founders and and scaling up to to new new people involved. Uh, but eBay was never successful at deeply integrating the real-time communications capabilities of Skype with the eBay auction and commerce and payment offerings. Uh, and I don't know enough uh, internally why that didn't happen. They, they had laid out a roadmap uh, at the time they did the acquisition about click-to-call and about various opportunities, um, and it, it never really quite panned out. I think a lot of it was cultural, uh, eBay, even though it's a technology company, is in many ways a very traditional company and, and not in a bad way. It's an incredibly successful company, but it's a company that that understands small business and understands sales and marketing uh, and scaling uh, commerce around physical goods. Uh, Skype is entirely virtual company. It's a global company with with uh, operations in in Eastern Europe and, and and places like that, and it's a feisty startup. And so I don't think there was ever a good cultural fit. Now, query whether there'll be a good cultural <laughs> fit with Microsoft. Exactly, <laughs> it's certainly easier to see the uh, overlap with Microsoft because it's it's a technology, it's a software company at heart. Uh, so I could see that 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 working potentially, but uh, it's not a slam dunk. It, it never is with an acquisition of this scale.
1: Right. Does the price worry you, or did Microsoft overpay?
3: I think in the the uh, the kind of scale that Microsoft is playing at at this point, uh, again, the the opportunity has to be big enough to move the needle for a company of Microsoft size. So, uh, if they uh, overpaid by a few billion dollars, the the opportunity that they're going after with Skype is in the tens of billions of dollars annually. Um, so, so that's not going to matter. Uh, at the end of the day, if they're successful. If they're not successful, the, whether they paid a few billion more or less, given the, the kind of uh, cash position they have on hand, um, in hindsight, one can can uh, analyze it in terms of shareholder value for other use of the money, but strategically, uh, I don't think that's the biggest variable.
1: I mean, part of the the concern is that even though Skype has more than 100 million customers each month, it's still losing money. Last year it lost $7 million. Uh, How will Microsoft have to modify its business model to move it into the black?
3: Well, there's two ways of looking at that. One is the business model for Skype as Skype. What's the business model for real-time IP-based communication? And and there... um, there clearly is revenue. Skype's making close to a billion dollars a year. It's just, as you say, they haven't been profitable. Part of that is scaling, and part of that is the substantial cost that they have to pay the existing telecommunications carriers, uh, typically for the, the last mile of termination globally. Um, the communications industry is ripe for very significant disruption. It's a it's a trillion dollar global industry that's built on legacy infrastructure, legacy business models, legacy regulatory structures. And uh, Skype, because it doesn't have that legacy baggage, uh, is in as good a position as anyone to be one of the successful companies that comes out of that transformation. Now, that doesn't guarantee that it's a successful business. Uh, but I think the fact that Skype has the, the scale uh, as big as or bigger than any uh, traditional carrier uh, without the encumbrances of those legacy business models, and it gives it an opportunity. Um, in particular, the growth of video, which which is already now something like forty percent of usage on Skype, is a big opportunity because uh, it, there's more value that can be driven through it. There's more opportunity to do things like advertising, uh, services that people pay for, and so forth. Uh, so I think that's an opportunity. The 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 big opportunity though in this deal for Microsoft is not. Can they build Skype into a profitable standalone company, though? It's can they find opportunities to inject Skype into everything else they do uh, and to uh, create uh, better value propositions that they can then monetize on top of Xbox, on top of their, their cloud-based software offerings, on top of, of Bing, uh, and so forth. And uh, we'll see. I, I don't know exactly how they're going to do that, but, but those are massive revenue-generating platforms where one could certainly see the potential that adding in those real-time voice and video components would be significantly additive uh, from a financial standpoint.
1: So let's say, I mean, continuing along the same lines, if Microsoft were to integrate Skype's technology to enhance collaboration at the enterprise level, uh, is is there a risk that it could end up stifling the factor that has made Skype so
3: successful? There's always risk in any kind of acquisition like this. And uh, Microsoft is a a company that uh, people have very strong feelings about. Uh, and uh, so, so, certainly, there, there, there's always some risk that way. Um, but um, l- let's remember, Skype is not, at this point, a, a tiny swashbuckling company. Um, it's a very substantial operation, which has uh, gone through, again, the process uh, when they were owned by eBay, uh, and, and then subsequent to that, when they were spun back out privately, um, of bringing in professional management uh, who understands how to scale and, and run these kinds of businesses, um, so sh- sure, there's there's always the possibility. In fact, with with, with technology deals of this scale, probably the likelihood that there's going to be some clash. Um, but uh, I think you know, what what motivates the the, the engineers at Skype, uh, as I understand it, is the the big scale of the opportunity, the the, the technical challenge. Uh, and the ability to change the world by connecting up several billion people, which is what they're going after. And uh, to the extent that Microsoft facilitates them doing that, then that, that, that I think that, that will be something that they continue to be excited about. Uh, to the extent that, that Microsoft doesn't provide that kind of opportunity, then then they'll lose people.
1: Now, before Microsoft and uh, Skype did this deal, there was discussion about possible acquisition by Facebook or by Cisco. Uh, just looking at the landscape broadly, how does this change the competitive landscape for both, uh, you know, uh, telephony as well as for social networking?
3: Uh, it's clear that that real time communication, in a particular video, are going to be a, a major piece of the puzzle uh, for a large number of technology companies. And if you look uh, across at, at some of the major competitors, uh, Google already has YouTube. They already have Google Voice. Uh, they've already got a massive fiber optic network globally as the infrastructure. Uh, Cisco um, has their telepresence offerings uh, and the the former Webex business uh, and uh, the the uh, former Linksys business uh, and a number of, of these pieces as well. Um, Facebook uh, has a, a very substantial. Uh, messaging component as part of the social networking um, uh, but, but doesn't have its own uh, direct infrastructure for this sort of thing. Facebook, though, has a strong partnership with Microsoft. Um, so um, I think to the extent that uh, a company like Microsoft wants to be a player in all dimensions of uh, uh, this kind of uh, communications and technology space, both on the consumer side and the enterprise side, which, which clearly I think they do. Uh, having a a strong portfolio in voice and video is important to that. Um, But, uh, again, it it depends on the culture of the company and and their their strategic market position. What what Skype means to eBay is different from what it means to Microsoft, and what it means to Microsoft is different from what it would have meant to any of the other possible acquirers.
1: And what will this deal mean to consumers? Are the days of uh, free Skype calls coming to an end?
3: Oh, I don't think free Skype calls are going away uh, because the competitive market still uh, allows for that um, and because uh, voice really is cheap. Uh, what we, at, at the point where things get to be uh, all digital and all IP, uh, the, the constraint is bandwidth and voice takes very little bandwidth. Um, And and, uh, the question is, uh, first of all, the opportunity to terminate on the public switch telephone network. That's what Skype charges for, the call in from the phone network, which has nothing to do with the economics of the service. It, again, has to do with that legacy regulatory system. And as the endpoints move more to being PCs and mobile devices running things like the Skype mobile client, that'll go away. Um, It's more the value-added services. And uh, to the extent that customers get more value, whether on the the consumer side or the enterprise side, they're willing to pay for that. Um, but uh, the the ability to make a phone call is increasingly just the table stakes. Uh, and that's the transformation. That's the disruption. it's it's the the phone call is the foundation of this massive, traditional telephone system globally, uh, and that's going to be the thing that gets given away for free. But there are other things that layer on top of it with more conferencing and other features and tighter integration with software and location and mobility and so forth. That's where the opportunity for the revenue is. Uh,
1: any other final comments on uh, about anything we haven't talked about yet?
3: One dimension of this is, is the policy dimension. And, and while I don't think that there will be any significant regulatory impediments to this acquisition going through, it will put more pressure on regulators to confront a question that they've been putting off for more than a decade, which is how to bring together voice over IP with the legacy regulatory system. And I worked at the FCC in the 1990s, and and the FCC at that time in the US consciously decided not to apply traditional telephone regulation to voice over the internet because it was a nascent industry because it looked different uh, but but once you're at the point where a skype is worth eight billion dollars is part of an established company like microsoft and is being used increasingly to compete head-on directly with traditional telephone companies who themselves are moving their back-end technology to internet protocol At that point, we need to confront these regulatory imbalances. Doesn't mean that we should apply all the traditional old rules to the new technology by any means. Um, In fact, we need to rationalize the regulatory system to avoid that happening by accident. So I think uh, while this deal doesn't directly change anything, it puts much more pressure on uh, the regulators in the United States and elsewhere, frankly, to confront some of those questions. Kevin,
1: thanks so much for speaking with us today.
3: Glad to do it.